You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show. Episode 12, Simplify Your Life. What's the first step? Hey, I'm Jeff Cavins. How do you simplify your life? How do you study the Bible? All the way from motorcycle trips to raising kids, we're going to talk about the faith and life in general. It's The Jeff Caven Show. Welcome to the show. I'm Jeff Cavins, and uh, good to have you back with us once again. If you're listening to the show in, I guess, what I would call real time, you know, from week to week, you know that we just we just uh, finished the Triduum, the Easter Easter Sunday, and uh, what a great time that is every single year. If you're going back into the archives and listening to the shows just based on on uh, titles and what you're interested in, welcome anyway. Uh, we're going to talk about a very important topic today. I was I was uh, driving down the road just the other day, and uh, to get to my house, you have to go along a whole series of restaurants on the right-hand side, and in the midst of those restaurants, there is a Goodwill store. And there were, I, I don't know, it must have been eight or nine, ten cars lined up at the Goodwill store to drop stuff off, things that they didn't need, things that they, you know, they cleared out their closets or garages under the bed, and there they were, you know, lined up to just drop this stuff off and get their receipt that they had given $100 worth, $200, $300 worth. And it got me thinking. It got me thinking about simplicity and, uh, and how much stuff we have in our lives. So I wanted to dedicate... I guess what is going to be the first of probably many shows, the next show is not going to be on simplicity most likely, but you're going to hear this recurring theme in my life uh, about simplicity and the desire to uh, downsize and to make life simple and focused so that we can truly become modern day disciples of Jesus and, and really focus on what's important in our lives. So that's what I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to talk about simplicity I'm going to talk about the problem that we face, why we are in the situation that we are with so much stuff, so much activity, so much information in our life. And uh, if, you, if you talk to people about this and ask them, are you really happy with how much stuff you have and, and how much commitment you have in your life and, and all of the, uh, the online involvement, are you really happy? Is this what you really want? Most people would say, no, it's not. In fact, I'm, I'm trying to simplify my life. So I'm going to talk about the reason that we get into this, this situation. I think, I, I, think I, I see it in Scripture, and I want to share that with you. And then I want to give you some practical advice on how to simplify your life. If you know of someone who's struggling with this, pass the show on to them. might be a good post-Easter gift for them. Because here we are, we've been focusing on the resurrection of Jesus we celebrated Easter and now you're back into regular life and we don't want to make the same mistakes that we did before. Hey, by the way, before we get into the topic of simplicity today, uh, I want to thank you for the amazing, uh, the amazing outpouring uh, from the last show we did on how to mark your Bible. Uh, a couple shows ago, I guess, how to mark your Bible. Wow, did we get response and um, I realized that we hit on something there, and people, people want to know how to mark their, their Bible. If, if you want to go back and listen to that show, I give you tons of, of show notes and pictures of, uh, of my Bibles. I even have a picture of an old New American Standard Bible, 
And then uh, the last couple of Bibles, the RSV Catholic Edition Bibles that I've been using with all of the notes in there. And, and people are fascinated with, you know, devotions and how you mark your Bibles and, and what instruments you use, what tools you use, and so forth. But you can go and get those show notes at ascensionpresents.com forward slash podcasts. And uh, you might find a show in the past, uh, some topic that you're interested in as well. We give you the show notes so that you don't have to uh, write notes while you're driving to work in the morning or on your way home in the evening. We want you to be safe. And so we provide those notes. Marisa is uh, our producer, and she does a fantastic job of putting all of that together. By the way, you can email me, and you can email me at the Jeff Caven Show at ascensionpress.com. It's very simple. It is the Jeff Caven Show at ascensionpress.com. Well, let's get into our topic uh, for today. I want to talk about this whole issue of uh, clutter in our life, the desire to simplify, the desire to downsize and uh, get rid of some of the stuff in our life. And uh, presumably, it's for a reason. We, we want to downsize for a particular reason. I think, frankly, a lot of us don't know why exactly we want to do that. But I think deep down inside, there's a, there's a desire to serve God and to love God and to, uh, to get the clutter out of our life so that we truly can be those modern-day disciples of Jesus. And most of us wish that we, we had a 30-hour day. But, but here's the problem, and I know this from... Uh, you know, firsthand experience. In fact, let me just say right on the outset, I'm not claiming that I have mastered this whole, this whole topic of simplifying your life. I've, I've done a lot of work on it. Uh, even as a young boy, I was in love with simplicity. St. Francis was a real uh, inspiration for me. But I have not, I have not you know, totally mastered this myself, so I don't want to come across like, like I have. But I, I think most of us wish we did have a 30-hour 30, a 30 day. And the problem with that, though, is that if we had a 30-hour day, you know as well as I do that we'd fill it up. We'd fill it up with a lot of things that are not real central to what we, we really want to do with, with our lives. So... Um, that's the problem that we're facing. So, so how do we get into this situation? Well, I'm going to get into that in a moment and talk to you about, I think, what I think is the, the core reason theologically and in our hearts why we get into a, such a complex life. But a lot of people, once they realize that, that their life is really, really jammed uh, with content, with things, stuff, uh, they come up with a lot of solutions on how to deal with it. But I, I honestly think that we're missing the mark on, on these, these solutions on how to deal with the, the, uh, the messiness of our lives. I heard someone say one time, and I thought it was really good, they said, they said that we, we so often buy things we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't care about. And isn't that true? That at the end of the day, we, we spend money that we really don't have to buy things we really don't need to impress people that we really don't care about. And uh, the result of that is a stuffed life. And oftentimes, uh, we become angry. We blame other people. Home life is not peaceful because we just have so much, so little money, and our lives become complex. Well, there's a number of ways that we try to solve this problem. And I, my hands are up right now. I've tried this in my own life and found that it actually 
actually failed. But uh, the things that I'm going to suggest to you here that we do uh, are helpful if you have your priorities straight. And we'll talk about how to do that a little bit later on in the show. Well, here's a couple of solutions. One is that our lives are so busy, so crammed with things, uh, with children and appointments and the commitments that we've made, that we, we think we're going to straighten this whole thing out with time systems. Now, I remember back in the 1980s when uh, a number of time systems really became popular. Uh, you had the Daytimer, you had the Franklin Time System, and a number of others. Just go to your local office store and they'll have their own flavor of some kind of time system. So I went and I got this, this medium-sized notebook with the Franklin Time System. Maybe you've, you can identify with this. I got the medium binder. And I was so excited because I went into the store and I saw all of these inserts with address pages and day-to-day uh, -day calendars and priority, you know, making pages and, and all of that. And man, was I excited because I thought to myself, for the first time, I'm going to get my life organized. I'm going to have all my names, all my calendars, all my tasks. In fact, I'm even going to rank them A, B, and C. This is going to be incredible. I'll even have a whole tab for a vision for my life and my life statement and all of that. Wow, was I excited. So I came home and I put it all together. And uh, it took me probably, I don't know, two or three days. I was up at night, you know, writing all this out and very exciting uh, to do that. But then about, I don't know, it must have been three or four weeks later, I suddenly realized that I was right back where I was. But it was more organized but I was right back where I was. Just too many things, not enough time, overcommitted, and so forth. And I couldn't seem to get the things done that I wanted to get done. So I came up with this beautiful solution. And that was that my time system for Daytimer, or for a Franklin, was a medium, and that was my problem. I actually needed a large, because my life was so busy. So I went back into the store, I know what you're thinking right now, Jeff, are you an idiot? Well, I must have been at the moment. But I went back to the store and I got the large one. I think they called it the Monarch or something. And I got all the inserts, went home, really excited, transferred everything over to the large one. But guess what? You bet. <laughs> About four weeks later, back where I was. It didn't solve my problems at all. So then I, I suddenly realized that I needed not a bigger one because when it's so big, I wouldn't carry it around. I needed actually a smaller one. I know what you're thinking, Jeff, you idiot. Yes, I went back to the store and I got the small one. And I transferred everything over to the real small one. Same thing after about four weeks. I got so frustrated thinking, how come I can't get my life in order? But then, hallelujah, something happened. And that was... The invention of the Palm Pilot, a little technical piece of equipment that would allow me to put in unlimited names, unlimited schedules, reminders about my to-dos. I was so excited. So I went out and I bought one and I spent, I must have spent four or five days just putting stuff in there to organize my life with this little Palm Pilot. And maybe you remember it. Remember you had a little, a little, um, stylus that you could write with, with a little code, you know, on your, on your Palm Pilot. But then I had a problem. I was trying to sync it to my computer. I got everything all messed up. I couldn't get the thing to sync. 
and it kept jamming on me. And so I called tech help. And I must have spent hours on the phone trying to get this thing to work right. It ended up with such frustration in my life that you know what I ended up doing? Going back to the medium-sized Franklin time system. Yeah, I know. But that's what we all do, don't we? We try to find things that are going to get this clutter out of our lives. So, well, that was my time system. But I also did another thing, which I called a rampage. If you ever talk to my wife, ask her about Jeff's rampages. A rampage is when you go through every room in your house, every closet, every drawer, your office. You go through your folders and your filing cabinet and everything, and you just start throwing away everything you don't need. You get bag after bag, box after box, and you, you end up putting some in the trash. You give some to recycling, and you give some to the goodwill, and you're going to rampage. You're going to get rid of all of this. Well, I did that, but I didn't find that my life was a lot simpler because when I ended up giving away you know, a lot of the things that I felt I didn't need, within a year, I went out and bought those things again. You know where one of the big problems is? It's your closet. It's your closet. You go into your closet and you, uh, you got your fall wardrobe, you got your spring, you got your summer wardrobe. And then you got your wardrobe uh, that, you, that you have. When you, so when you lose 10 pounds, you'll be able to fit into that. And so that is another means of you know, complication in your life. We have organizational systems, computerized systems, and so forth. We've got everything but our lives are still out of control. We call this the tyranny of the urgent. And the tyranny of the urgent, that means that we, we are, have become slaves to the urgent things in our lives. We have become slaves to the popular things in our lives rather than the, the things that are really, really important. And this has led to a whole wave of books Go into a Barnes & Noble or somewhere, go online. You'll see that there's all these books now uh, on this area of simplicity and downsizing in our lives. And I, and I think that uh, society is crying out to be more simple. This tyranny is when someone has absolute power and control over your life. And I'm using it in the sense of the urgent having control over our lives. We're, we're victims of tyranny, the tyranny of the urgent. You know, Henry David Thoreau once said, and I think it's, it's very apropos here, he said, there are a thousand hacking at the branches of evil to one who is striking at the root. When it comes to bringing sanity to our lives, we are hacking at the external branches and leaving the root issues untouched. And I know that's the truth in my life at times where I'm hacking away at these branches thinking, you know, organization systems, goodwill, a simpler wardrobe, all these things are going to make my life easier. These are branches. But what Thoreau is saying is that we need to hack at the root of the problem here. There was a great Quaker teacher by the name of Thomas Kelly. He once said, one of my favorite quotes when it comes to simplicity, he said, I would suggest that the true explanation of the complexity of our program is an inner one, not an outer one. The outer distractions of our interests reflect an inner lack of integration in our lives. We are trying to be several selves at once. 
without all ourselves being organized by a single mastering life within us. I see our attempts to control and regulate life, no matter how good we are at it, leave the inner man fragmented still. The simplicity that we seek is not one of, of organization and management. That's, it's good, and there's a place for that. But the simplicity that we seek is a relationship. And my friend, I would suggest to you that if we can develop that relationship, you know where I'm going with this, this relationship with Jesus, the relationship with God, the problem of your being out of control and your fragmented life is going to start to take care of itself because you're going to have that one single mastering life principle and that is you're a disciple of Jesus and everything you buy and everything you say, I'm going to sign up for that, I'm going to get involved in this, it is all focusing on that, that one, one key, which is Jesus Christ in your life. That's what I have found. I have found that to be true in my life. And I think you know that the, the, the example is Jesus Christ. Jesus is the example. He's the one we're looking, looking to to give us an example of what it means to have a focused life. You know, I've been uh, teaching scripture for about 40 years now and walking with Jesus as a disciple for about 40 years. And this, this one idea, can I just, I want to be honest with you for a second here. I always am, but I mean, let me be more transparent. I have such a desire in my life to be wholly 100% focused on Jesus and the work that he has for me. Not only my, my time, my heart, my money, all my assets, my family, everything, I want that to be focused on Jesus. Now we're gonna talk about Jesus here in a moment, but I wanna share with you what I believe is the problem of why we become so complicated and so busy and cry out for simplicity. It goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. And I'm gonna to talk to you about that. I wanna share that principle with you because it's one of those things that has absolutely changed my life, my understanding. So stay with me. We're going to take a break right now. And when we come back, I want to get into what I think is the reason why our lives have become so complicated and what the solution is. You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Father Mike Schmitz, and I want to invite you to join me at the National Catholic Bible Conference this coming May, May 5th through the 7th in Houston, Texas. At the conference, you will hear from an amazing lineup of presenters who will help you grow in your faith and your understanding of the Bible, including Jeff Cavins, Dr. Michael Barber, Sarah Chris Meyer, Thomas Smith, and Dr. Ed Sree. To learn more and to register, go to catholicbibleconference.com. I hope to see you there. Welcome back to the Jeff Cavins Show. I'm Jeff, and we're talking about uh, simplifying our lives. We're talking about getting focus for our lives. This show is probably going to spill over into three, four, five, six more shows in the future at different times. But I want to set the stage now 
uh, for what we're going to be talking about later as well, because I think it's a theme simplifying our lives that we're constantly dealing with and we, we have a hunger for it. I mentioned before the break that I was going to share with you what I think is the problem uh, when it comes to fragmented lives and busy lives and the tyranny of the urgent that we so often experience. And it goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 3. And uh, I want to read just a few verses uh, here to, to you. Uh, Genesis 3, and starting with verse 6, talks about the original fall of our parents, uh, Adam and Eve. And what actually went on in that original sin? When you think about the, the trees in the garden, God told Adam and Eve, you shall not eat of the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for in the day that you eat of it, you will die. Death will be the result of disobedience to God. And so they had access to all the trees in the garden, but it was this one tree, the knowledge of good and evil, that they were told they shall not eat of it. Okay? Now, when you think about that tree, we know that, that Eve went over and she looked at the tree in the garden. Up until this point, they are walking with God in the cool of the day. Uh, there is this uh, harmony in their life, the simplicity of devotion in their life. But now they see the tree, and Eve makes three observations about the tree. And I want you to listen to these three observations. I'm reading from Genesis 3 and verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate and she also gave some to her husband and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And then it goes on in verse 8 and says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. So let's take a look at that for a moment. Okay, this is Genesis 3, 6 through 8. It tells us that there were three things that Eve observed about the fruit. Now, we normally would say, well, the fruit must have been really, really bad, you know, and, and it represented uh, bank robbery and murder and uh, adultery and fornication and all, all kinds of, of gross sins. But if you listen to what she, she saw, it's actually good. It says that it was, number one, it was, it, was, it was good for food. The fruit of that tree, the knowledge of good and evil, was good for food, number one. What's not to like about that? Number two, it was a delight to the eyes beautiful. What's not to like about that? And the tree was to be desired to make one wise. What is not to like about that? So it's good for food, good and beautiful to the eyes, makes one wise. Sounds like a deal. That's a great thing. But the problem is, is that God said, listen to me, walk according to my will, walk according to my ways. Don't eat it. Don't eat it. Well, you know, the enemy came in at that point and uh, challenged Eve, and of course she ate, and Adam ate, and it says in verse uh, 7 of Genesis 3, then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Wow, wow. So the fall took place very early on in salvation history. 
But what we see is that they were not tempted by outwardly evil things. What they were tempted by and what led them astray and what contributed to the loss of peace in their life was actually things that tasted good, beautiful to look at, and made them wise. You see, what they failed to do was to acknowledge the Creator, and they grasped at the creation. They made the creation an idol, a god, instead of the Creator, and they wound up losing life. They wound up with complication in their life. In fact, listen to what Paul says. This is, this is so powerful. You've got to get a, a hold of this. Paul wrote to the Corinthians in 2 Corinthians 11, in verse 3, and he said, But I am afraid that as the serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from a sincere and pure devotion to Christ. Listen to this translation. This one, that was the RSV Catholic edition. Listen to the New American Standard Bible. I love this, this translation. 2 Corinthians 11.3 But I am afraid, Paul says, lest as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, your minds should be led astray from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. Did you catch that? Adam and Eve were led astray. They were led astray. They were led away from the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ. How? By grasping at what tasted good, looked good, and made them wise. Now, there's nothing wrong with things that taste good, is there? All in moderation. As long as you got Jesus on the throne. As long as God is number one. There's nothing wrong with things that are beautiful. As long as everything's in moderation. You have Jesus on the throne. God is there, number one, and makes one wise. There's nothing wrong with being wise, nothing wrong with accomplishments in our lives. But if it's an idol, it's a problem, and it'll complicate your life. You see, my friends, if your life is spent, if your life is spent pursuing simply things that taste good, look good, and puff you up and make you wise, man, you're going to complicate your life. Your life is going to get so complicated. You know why? Because there's never going to be enough out there to make you happy. There's never going to be enough to satisfy your soul. You will be like a hamster on a wheel for the rest of your life. For the rest of your life. So one of the things that I've noticed, and that's really my point in, in today's show with you, uh, as you're in the car, whatever you might be doing, is that I want you to take a look at the complexity of your life and see if that complexity isn't related to going after the things of this world rather than going after God's will. That's the most important thing. And you know what? That was the key to Jesus' life. Let me just share a few things before we close out this show about Jesus because Jesus is the solution. Because you have to ask yourself, is there any escape from this pattern of living <laughs> that you're in? Yes, there is. And the answer lies in the life of Jesus. In John chapter 17 and verse 4, Jesus said something so beautiful. He said, Father, I completed the work you gave me to do. Wouldn't it be great if we could all say that? That at the end of every day, we could say, 
Father, I did what you wanted me to do today. I didn't just pursue the beautiful, the tasty, and things that would just advance my life, but I I pursued you and your will. At the end of the week, wouldn't it be nice to say that? At the end of the month, at the end of the year, at the end of your life, wouldn't it be great to be able to say, I completed the work you gave me to do? You know, Jesus worked hard, yet his life was never at a feverish pace. He tended to the important things. He, he, attended, he tended to the things that his father had him do. And one of the ways that you can start to simplify your life is to take a look at your vocation. Are you a father? Are you a mother? Are you a son? You are a daughter? Are you a religious? Are you a priest? Are you a generous single person? Right away, your life has some focus now. What does God require of you with your time and your resources? Jesus had that one focus on his father, and his life was simple, yet he accomplished so much. Jesus faithfully put himself day by day in a place where he could receive his father's instructions. And this relationship with the Father gave him a sense of direction, set a steady pace, and enabled him to do every task that God assigned. In fact, let me, let me open the door to his prayer life uh, for you just for a moment here. A beautiful excerpt, beautiful paragraph out of the Catechism gives us inside view about his prayer life. It says this in paragraph 2602. That's 2602. Says Jesus often draws apart to pray in solitude on a mountain, preferably at night. He includes all men in his prayer, for he has taken on humanity in his incarnation. And he offers them to the Father when he offers himself. Jesus, the Word who has become flesh, shares by his human prayer in all that his brethren experience. He sympathizes with their weaknesses in order to free them. Now listen to this. Oh, this is so good. It was for this that the Father sent him. His words and works are the visible manifestation of his prayer in secret. My friend, I want to encourage you today that if your life is out of, out of kilter, you're out, it's out of whack, you're, you are, you're out of control. You need to start by realizing this is not an external pro- problem. This is an internal problem, and the answer is an inside job. God wants to do something in your heart. He wants you to be focused not on just the tasty, the beautiful, and things that are going to advance your career in your life. He wants you to focus on Him. He is Lord. He is Lord of the living and the dead. He is the Lord of all the universe. And he has a will and a plan for your life. And one of the most important things that you can do to start to simplify your life. In future shows, I'm going to talk about wardrobe. I'm going to talk about the garage. I'm going to talk about commitments. I'm going to talk about your email. We're going to do that on future shows. But today, it's time to get that relationship in order. And I would recommend to you that you have a a time every day. A time every day where you can get together with Jesus and open his word and listen to him. And that's the first step to begin to simplify your life. Jesus said in Matthew 11, 28, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. Guess what? He said, I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest. 
So that's uh, I'm out of time today, but oh man, I got things to share with you. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna continue with this in a lot of shows in the future. We're talking about simplicity in our lives because I know you desire it, I desire it, and I know that if you go to uh, the bookstore, you order off of Amazon or whatever books, secular books on this topic, they might be able to help you. Yes, with the external, and that is important, and we're gonna get into it. But nobody can help you with the internal. The internal mess, <laughs> the knots that have been established in your heart. As we conclude here, I want to suggest to you one more thing, and that is this. There's a great novena, and it's a merry undoer of knots. You got knots in your life? Well, we've got to do a show on that too, don't we? Have <laughs> you got knots in your life? Is your life complicated? Get a hold of that, that novena. Get a hold of that novena and and begin to pray and ask the Blessed Mother to, to take those knots away in your life. This can only be done through the power of Jesus. But she knows how to help you. And if you pray and ask her, uh, she will help you. Let me give you a great website. There's a, a, a website that my wife and I have been using recently that, that actually has uh, a lot of novenas for different situations. It's called PrayMoreNovenas.com. PrayMoreNovenas.com. I believe it's .com. And uh, get a hold of that and begin to pray. Begin to meet with Jesus every day over Scripture. And this is the first step to uh, uncomplicating your life. Once again, my friends, I want to thank you for... Uh, I want to pray in a moment, but I want to thank you for joining me and remind you that you can find all the show notes for this show at ascensionpresents.com forward slash podcasts. And by the, by the way, you'll see another great podcast there, which is Father Mike Schmitz, good friend of mine. Uh, give it a listen. He's got a lot of good things to say about living the faith as well. And if uh, you have any suggestions on topics that, that you would like me to talk about, you can send me an email personally at thejeffcavenshow at ascensionpress.com. And no, my friend, I, I pray for you. Uh, I really do. Uh, all throughout the day, there's many times during the day where I think about a listening audience to this show, you, and, and uh, shoot up a prayer for you. But let me close in prayer today and ask the Lord to, uh, to bless your life as we take one step towards simplifying our lives a bit, shall we? In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, I lift up to you my, my friends who are listening. Maybe they're in the car right now on the way home from work. Maybe they're going to work and and their lives just seem out of control. Lord, I know that there is no accidents and that you have them listening for a reason to try to gain their attention and to undo the knots in their life. Lord, help us to establish a time every day where we can meet with you. And rather than focusing on the tasty, beautiful, and the things that make us wise in our own eyes and our own lives, may we focus on you. For, Lord, you have said, taste and see that the Lord is good, and you are altogether beautiful, and you are wisdom incarnate. You are the three things that we so often go off the rails and we look at in this world. But, Lord, you give us that which tastes good to our soul, the Eucharist. You give us what is beautiful and wise. And it's nothing short of you. 
And so we thank you for doing this in our lives. Thank you for satisfying our souls and getting us off this hamster wheel in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen, my friend. Have a great day.